0: Hello and welcome to the Das Nostalgia podcast, episode 10. As usual, I'm your host, Anatoly, and today, tonight, or whatever, uh, I have another very special guest for your listening pleasure. Sir,
1: please introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. I'm Dmitry Bachilov from Russia, from Novosibirsk, it's the very heart of Siberia. Where we don't have much, uh, just bears, uh, vodka, and uh, you know, Russia. Russia, snow, <laughs> yes. snow, snow is everywhere. Lots of prisons.
0: That's what Americans will know. Siberia.
1: Yeah, yeah, Siberia. You know, <laughs> prisons. Uh, everyone is very poor. Everyone is always drunk, and uh, and we don't have any dospeci. <laughs> so I don't know what am I doing here. <laughs>
0: Alrighty, sir. Well, it's great to have you on the show. And before we launch into our uh, topic, I'd like to ask you the same question I ask everybody, which is, do you remember the first time you've encountered IBM PC or, you know, compatible in your life?
1: Yeah, so, uh, first of all, huge thanks for inviting me. Uh, it's a very big pleasure after hearing all the other podcasts you made I thought that I just have to get here I I wanted to participate and here I am and that's great and about um, my first PC experience well for now it's hard to me to tell what was the first PC I've encountered I think uh, it was in early 90s uh, I lived in a kind of strange community. Uh, I lived in a neighborhood where all of my friends, like myself, were the kids of programmers. Oh. Everyone, uh, <laughs> I, I, I live in so-called Akadem Garadoc which is a science city where everything is, uh, you know, a science facility. Uh, there are a huge amount of institutes And um, it's it's an institute of uh, nuclear physics Of some uh, chemistries We have a very, very uh, scientific community But uh, actually it, it was back uh, during Soviet years When it really was a science city Now we are just an ancestors uh, of those uh, people And... Um, Back then, all our fathers and uh, some of our mothers were uh, working in this institutes. Most of them were programmers or other, you know, science people. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, most of my friends had at their homes something that their parents brought back from work. Uh, And uh, programmers, of course, brought Uh, some computers. So, uh, in my community, it just so happened that uh, some some kind of computers were in every place and when we uh, got together with friends, we always had some computer, uh, you know, to experiment with. It uh, was not always an IBM PC compatible it could be a spectrum, uh, uh, of course, Soviet clone of it. Of course, yes. And uh, sometimes, yeah, once, once uh, I came to my uh, that time new friend, and he showed me showed me something that was uh, quite strange for me. Uh, I have imagined a computer as a big buzzing box with a huge monitor and a keyboard and uh, you know all this stuff common for a PC and then I see some little gray box with a monitor built into it, and I asked him, "What is this strange thing?" And he said, that, "That's a laptop." I, I asked, what, "What's laptop?" <laughs> he said, "It's a computer." I mean, Come on, this can't be a computer. Computer is huge and loud, and this this thing doesn't make any any sound, any buzzing sound, and. Uh, it doesn't look like a computer, it can be as powerful it, it, It's some kind of a toy And actually he showed me that it was a real DOS machine It was not an MS-DOS machine It was a DR-DOS, uh, digital research mm-hmm. DOS machine Which was totally compatible with uh, IBM PC With uh, MS-DOS uh, And uh, it had a Hercules monitor uh, I didn't realize what it was until like some years ago right. but it was a monochrome uh, 286 machine with 2 megabytes of ram and it had an um, uh, like 40 megabytes uh, hdd and, and uh, 1.44 megabytes floppy drive oh yeah and as a game that we used to play on this machine we had a microsoft quick basic <laughs> so uh, that was our only entertainment. We used to write programs. I was like five during uh, that time. So we we had uh, Microsoft Quick Basic and the file called Verlist It was a uh, uh, Russian antivirus doctor Web's. Uh, List of oh, known viruses yes. with it's an fascinating, explanations. Actually, it, so it got course, it gotten
0: so huge over the years too. Uh, like, I remember yeah, trying to it, print and one and out; it's like two hundred s-
1: pages. That's in the Unfortunately, 90s. Unfortunately, they they start they stopped supporting it so pretty bad. soon. So yeah, that was too bad. But still, we read it. Uh, we, we learned it. We, we didn't just read it. We, we just learned it and we thought, okay, this is what we are going to do in our life. We are going to write, going to write viruses. <laughs> and, uh, so as we had Quick Basic, we thought, yes, we're going to write viruses on Quick Basic. So, uh, like in, when I was six years old, I wrote my first, uh, what I used to call a virus, uh, called Afraid. I I called it Afraid this was uh, like uh, the only English scary word I knew so I called it Afraid (laughs) and uh, it it was a pretty stupid uh, program that just uh, showed a skull from uh, a virus called Phantom 1 and uh, it didn't have any exit codes you you just couldn't stop this program from running so the, <laughs> the only thing you could do in a non multitasking uh, dos system is just to reboot your pc to exit this program so i thought yeah i made a powerful virus <laughs> nobody can fight it and that was like very interesting and then then we all turned 7 and went to schools and in school in in my school uh First of all, in the schools where my friends uh, went, there was um, a lesson that was called informatics. So everyone started to learn programming and so on. And in my school, where I used to go, they told me that oh no, we don't have informatics till till like seventh grade. This was so upsetting, you you should know. Oh, man, so yeah. now all my friends are programmers and I am still writing viruses in QuickBasic. <laughs> so that that was like like this. I think this was my first experience. Man. I see now. Well no wonder you're so smart. Um <laughs> first of all, I should uh, tell listeners I'm not smart, so this is going to, to be... Oh, no, no, come on. This is like... Uh,
0: Off-topic, the the way I, I actually know about uh, Dmitry is uh, he used to do this show um, on on first Russian YouTube, uh, Russian Tube, uh, and eventually moving on to YouTube, which was called 16 Bits Ago, and it was a wonderful show uh, that covered... A variety of topics, not just DOS games, but just platforms, engines, and all kinds of stuff. But, um, Thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. But what I'm really moving into now, Dmitry does this show about networking and the way it works, you know. And here it is. People always, uh, people, people often tell me I'm like smart or whatever, but I know nothing about this. I know nothing about networking, despite being a, a computer guy for, for a very long time. I have no idea of how any of this actually works. So, like, every time you put up a new episode, I watch and I'm just like, man, (laughs) I'm learning so much. <laughs> well, well that, that's great.
1: That, that's why I do it. But still, when I'm making an episode, I usually consult with something in the Internet just not to make stupid mistakes. Uh, so, yeah, this uh, this topic is actually very interesting because m- my uh, meeting with networking technologies uh, was... It, it happened not so long time ago, like in the beginning of the 21st century. Hmm. Uh, for now, I am like uh, 10 years working in uh, system integration. I am a network engineer, I can say. Uh, so, yes, this is how my life turned to be, but in uh, like late 90s, when the, the those games were my everything, uh, I didn't know anything about networks. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, now I can explain how a modem works. I can simulated I can uh, write an emulator which will emulate a modem and it will connect and uh, and so on, but I still think it's is a freaking magic because uh you know <laughs> right one it's, computer it's, it's, calls it's, another it's, one right. and they connect and there's carrier and the network connection and you can play those games this is a miracle oh yes yeah. so yeah I, I think it was just like this and uh, actually. We used to to play those games, of course. We had games, uh, and you know how we got those games. Of course. You have a podcast about this. This was completely pirated. There were no official stores. You can't buy anything legally. Just copy games from computer to computer, and there you go. There you play pirated games. So now there is huge this thing that is called, you know... Online services to play games, official online services, and you can't play pirated games there because there is a huge anti-piracy checks and so on. But back then, this was not a problem, and that was great. I think uh, if everything was so difficult back then, Russia will uh, would have never uh, got to, I don't know... It will, it, it would still live in the Stone Age because uh, there was just no technology to, to get legally. Stealing things really, really propelled our technological move
0: forward, just as a, as a country.
1: Yeah, that, that was actually during the Soviet uh, period where uh, all the Russian, I mean, all the Soviet computers were actually uh, illegal clones of Western technology. Uh, actually, in my show sixteen bits ago, I have only one episode in English. Yes, it's a beautiful episode. This.
0: Yes, please, people, look it up. I know I've linked to it like a million times, but just uh, uh, do YouTube. Ah, oh, fuck it, I'll just put a link to it uh, <laughs> at the end, somewhere in the annotations to this uh, to this podcast. You'll find a link to that to Dmitry's uh, one English language video. It's it's fucking fascinating especially for a foreigner i assume it's fascinating to me and i i, I grew up in this country so i I, yeah. I can only assume you know it's something like it's a little bit, bit of a uh, little little piece of sort of a home computer history that didn't exist anywhere near anywhere else so, uh you know, I, I think such videos are like a wonderful way of preserving that history because otherwise, it'd be gone forever. Soon, like pe- soon, there will be no people who actually have seen and and like touched that comp- touch that specific computer.
1: You know what I mean? So, yeah, like, this this is totally <laughs> what I was talking about. And you know, uh, actually, a very very strange thing happened uh, a year ago. Um uh, In the, it was during May. 2013, when uh, we had, mm, um, well, sh- should I call it a forum? Uh, it was a, uh, a a big meeting of vendors who are uh, working in medicine, like Acfa, Cisco Systems, and so on. Th- these huge uh, IT vendors who mm, you know make stuff for hospitals. Some scanners, uh, you to know, just printers. A, this is like uh, a, equipment manufacturers. Yeah, yeah, th- those are equipment manufacturers, and in uh, Russian uh, parts of these companies, uh, there are people who uh, used to work during Soviet era uh, in those facilities in Zelenograd, where oh, first first PCs, Soviet PCs, were made and i got to meet a man who actually uh made this uh phone which wa- which had an uh you know color id uh, detector mm-hmm. first first russian phones they were based on spectrum's processor <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I met this guy who oh, was crazy. responsible for for inventing the, this machine. I didn't even know they were based on spectrums. Th- there there were a ton of uh, these phones and uh, everyone had them. I remember them. Uh, yeah. Pain and in the ass. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> yeah, so th- th- that that was just unbelievable. That's crazy. I took a picture with him and I was I was very happy. That's amazing. Yeah. So, now the networks are everywhere and everyone can play games. Well, even DOS games because today's emulator... You you can do
0: anything. Even DOS box comes with like IPX uh, and TCP IP emulation included. So, I guess here it is. So, this this is uh, Dmitry's credentials, I guess. He He is Russian. He is a network guy. So, we share some, I mean, like, my my and Igor's and, and Dmitry's story is basically the story of every uh, Soviet child uh, or anybody who lived through, like, 80s and 90s, basically. So, we all have similar background in acquiring games and what games we played, pretty much, because uh, I assume kind of games were, b- before we, b- the gate opened, we kind of had the same games going all over the country. Um... And since he's a network, he's a network guy, I'm pretty sure you have already figured out that we're going to take, or you just looked at the title of the podcast and, uh, you have guessed that we're going to talk about multiplayer, uh, in, in all DOS games. Uh, but, you know, I I guess we should start from a point in time where there were, you know, multiplayer. Now we think of multiplayer as something that's like networked through the server and bloody, bloody, blah. But you know what? Multiplayer existed way before there were any networks. Of course. Of course. (laughs) Available to anyone or supported by, by any game. So let's
1: rewind 20 something years. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I remember the first game I used to play, uh, as we now call it uh, a multiplayer way. Uh, it was a game that was called Oh my, I don't even remember how was it called. It was written in Pascal, and uh, it was a game about digging caves and getting treasures. Oh, it was called Mind Bombers. It was a great game where you could play up to four players, of course, locally on one right. PC. And we used together with friends, and we occupied the keyboard uh Four people playing on one <laughs> keyboard is insane. Pretty insane. Then. Yeah, and, you know, now you can go to store and buy any keyboard you want. But back then, the only keyboard you had was the one, the, the only keyboard you had. And my dad uh, took some computer um, home that had a very broken keyboard. Oh, man. Uh, it was a pain in the ass to press escape and uh, you had to push it very hard and then it <laughs> reacted like four times in a row and you just quit the game and ah, come on, come on do what I want you to do and then you reload the game you uh, put all the options back and then you start the game and then you you have to press escape only one time to oh, enter man. a level <laughs> and then right. it again and just, you just end up back to DOS and everything goes uh, on and on oh, that's and on. hilarious, it is true that's, yeah, yeah, you couldn't really still,
0: re- replace any of your uh, peripherals. I forgot
1: about that. Yeah, that, that was a great time <laughs> when you couldn't replace anything. Nah. So uh, we used to play on a broken keyboard, four people, and that was insanely entertaining. Not to we mention
0: just, back then yeah. the the uh, keyboards right now are uh, now are uh, are like fully digital. And and have a buffer of like I don't know. I, I actually don't know how, how big is the keyboard buffer is that, that it, actually it? doesn't
1: matter because you, <laughs> if something doesn't work you just throw it to trash and you go and buy that's, another that's keyboard. That's right, but like back, like, uh, back in our, Yeah, back in the day if you
0: pressed like more than three keys on the keyboard at the same time uh it would probably beep and nothing works. <laughs> That's right. Like you would as soon as you would max back in the DOS days kids, if anybody's listening to this is actually when they're young, you like press three key three keys at the same time. That was what well, was a problem with a lot of uh sort of like uh games that you would play, well the few that there were that you could play multiple uh with multiple players on the same machine. The problem was that often the keyboards would just lock up and their buffer would run out and start it's just start beep it with a high-pitched PC speaker sound and would ignore all, all the other key presses that you pressed after the, the buffer filled up. Um, yeah, that that depended
1: dep- on bias and that dep- uh, on the, bias. the circuitry of keyboards. Right. There and were different k- keyboards. Some of them worked and some of them did
0: Well, I had the ones that didn't work. So, <laughs> and, and, easy, e- and everybody I knew also had those that, that didn't really work. And it was really annoying. And it's something that um, uh, that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, actually, funny, I almost forgot about that because it almost never happened. But even playing something like Mortal Kombat, and that was way later, like in the, in the early 90s, early to mid 90s, uh, playing Mortal Kombat with two players on, on one keyboard would, would still, that would still get in the way. So yeah, I and I own.
1: remember when Microsoft introduced its uh, ergonomical, or how was it called? I don't remember. I think it was called ergonomical keyboard. Uh, it was uh, you could separate it. It was uh, divided oh, in half. I remember that. I remember seeing that. An yeah, for and it in I, magazine. I actually still have it somewhere. At home, and yes, it was uh, uh d i n five uh, it had d i n five connector which was a predecessor of p s two so uh you we used to plug this keyboard divided it in and it was much easier to play multiplayer DOS games on one keyboard mm-hmm. with this keyboard mm-hmm. and it was it was great, but uh, it was uh, you know the the only keyboard i could found i could find that would work like this so then it just uh, well I think it, it was broken <laughs> and when it broke it was well we we had no replacement for it we, we just uh, got another keyboard which was an ordinary keyboard right. and all the awkwardness was back so yeah, yeah that that was multiplayer without networking hmm. how many um, well it's I guess there's that
0: but how many games, like you you can recall, that would allow you to play, uh, have a multiplayer on the same machine at the same time, like uh, uh, all together? Besides, I mean, obviously fighting games, right? So we can, you know, the yeah all, fighting uh, games, so, of course. All your Mortal Kombat's there. I remember one from uh, '92, the the port of uh, Bomberman
1: uh, for PC, b- yeah. renamed really uh, Dyna Blaster. Dino Blasters is is a great game we used to play it up until I think 2004 you can still play it just 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 fine I mean it's 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 your original
0: I think it's a is it the PC engine port Uh, whatever the original 16-bit Bomberman game was that's what Dino Blaster is Uh, and if you've ever played Bomberman that's exactly what it is so and it allowed for uh, up to was it four people or is it three yeah
1: it, it was four people but we never actually played it more than two people at a time uh, but it was it was a great fun it was very entertaining you you could do all the stuff to each other so oh yeah n- it kind of was made to to be completed, so you fight against each other to who first completes the level. The level, that's right. But we never did that. Oh, we of course. Always used to, used to fight each other until you know. So it, that's uh, so that's that. Do you remember any
0: more titles? Because that's the ones that come to mind. Uh, I I know later later like there's like freeware dust releases that that had simultaneous multiplayer but I'm thinking like can I think of any more like commercial releases
1: the problem is that uh, we didn't have that much games back then and we could make any game to be a multiplayer I remember playing Quake with my friend where I control the movement <laughs> with my mouse. Yes, he shot. Oh, sh- so,
0: yeah. I, I
1: did that with uh, Bullfrog's uh, High Octane,
0: actually, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because uh, the 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 buttons were so far apart to control it. I'm like, I'll just I'll just drive, and you shoot the you you'll choose the weapons and you shoot. But uh, I guess um, the other way of of doing that. Uh, in games i mean uh, more popular than having like four people play on the keyboard at the same time was what we now refer to as a uh, hot seat uh yeah, exactly. m- multiplayer so it's you would play in the same machine but you
1: would take turns and quite a lot of games supported that uh yeah but i remember mostly windows games like the game we used to play the hell out of it, it was uh need for speed 2 se we used to play it, uh, it, it was a um, split screen mode for two players to play mm-hmm. on one PC. And yeah, that was huge fun, but it was only for Windows. Oh, yeah. Well,
0: also actually, that's what I, what brings me to this, uh, console sort of pioneered the whole split screen idea, but, uh, on, in, in DOS gaming, split screen is highly uncommon.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think I remember that there was a port of a Top Gun game on the PC, on a DOS PC. I may be mistaken, but I think I remember playing it on 386 with a split screen. Hmm.
0: I remember playing something with a split screen. And I'm sure somebody in comments will be like, you douchebag, here's a here's a list. And I'll be like, oh man, I played like half of these, but I just don't remember. But there were some games with split screen. But yeah, I, exactly.
1: Uh, this is how it works. Yeah, if, you, it, you, if I see the list, I'll say, oh yeah, I played course, that. And yeah.
0: this and this and this. So, so it's that. Yeah. So, but on PC, split screen was not common. So we basically, before the arrival of the networks, were just restricted to games that allowed you to play simultaneously on one machine, which were not very many either. And I guess the most popular would be the hot seat mode, and that would be the, the case with like, you know, like Heroes of Might and Magic and uh, all the others, like most turn-based things, I, I guess Warlord war, warlords, can you do hot seat and warlords? I'm pretty sure you could. Uh, so there's a plenty of turn-based games or games where you just select two players and does it console style, Where one player dies and the second player takes over.
1: Yeah, that's exactly how it was. But we still managed to play multiple, you know, games that were not supposed to be multiplayer as a multiplayer games. And I mean, like we even played Command and Conquer: or Red Alert using yeah mouse and keyboard <laughs> to play to and, and we spent hours playing together with the, in this game and uh th- th- this was great you know you you be, you just go mad when you play this for hours you your parents ask you to uh take out the trash and you stand <laughs> up and you say to a friend uh, you have to help me to throw out the trash. And he says, alternative. And, you know, <laughs> there's just... <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a true story. That's exactly what I happened believe to you. me. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I, I believe, actually, you know what game that
0: uh, comes to mind that, well... Uh again, that's uh, the hot seat one is Worms. So how can I forget Worms? Or, is, oh, or you sure. know worms. The, the worms, Scorched Earth, see it's all coming back. That uh, that game by Psy, you know, castles, the demo game, you know, with the two castles in VGA where they fall apart.
1: Yeah, you know I what know what I'm talking about, right? The, I you know, know this yes, game, yeah, knows when when you mentioned Scorched Earth, I think I think I played Scorched Earth before Uh, what I was talking about uh, in the beginning of this podcast. Maybe this was my meeting with an IBM PC machine. I'm not sure, but yeah, Scorched Earth was uh, one of the first games that I played on a PC. And uh, there you could play, like, with eight friends, I think. That was a game with a a huge multiplayer. Oh, yeah. I don't remember how many tanks there could be, but... uh, it was a big amount. Okay. And uh, on some, you know, birthday parties, we used to play uh, as many tanks as there could be. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a very, <laughs> very popular,
0: game. very popular multiplayer game from back in the day. Pre warms uh i guess worms yeah and, and I, I think
1: worms were inspired by this oh, of game of course
0: yes uh, no question about it i mean just about yeah. every game like that was inspired by by Surf. although you said you had quick uh, you said uh, you had the uh, quick basic that if it was a standard microsoft installation should have come with the uh, uh nibbles and gorillas microsoft gorillas
1: Oh, well, uh, as I've mentioned, I used to program with Microsoft Basic on a DR DOS. So the Basic was ported to its, I, d- I don't know, we we just copied Basic from somewhere and put it to this m- oh, okay. DR DOS machine. So, so no, there were no. Uh, Too the, bad. But yeah, like
0: Microsoft okay. Gorillas would be one of the early ones like that sort of competitive, uh, take your turn, shoot at the other guy kind of things. Do we move up to like the, I guess we jump to like 93, 94, or do
1: we, do we keep talking about games? That oh, well, I, I think we could, we could keep talking and digging the stuff, but I think in general, we mentioned yeah, everything that per- personally per- I remember. Yeah,
0: same thing. It was all, it was basically just those choices that you, you were stuck with. And yep, it really hasn't changed much until the arrival of, of the, the big one. The, the big game that changed at least uh, f- for me i, I he, would
1: he, i would mention uh, golden axe i think that was the great game to play together on one computer so yes golden oh, axe yeah. was ported to oh, dos it's oh, true uh, from you know, uh, from, yeah. from yeah. console. i think
0: i guess yeah there was like an an, uh, an odd arcade beat em up that uh, was ported nicely and not like you know a lot of, there were a lot of early especially in the 80s there was a lot of uh, DAS arcade ports that were kind of shitty. Um, so Golden Axe. Well, X, yeah, Golden there, X, there was a ton of them. Yeah, but Golden Axe wasn't wasn't one of them. Uh, it it was actually fun to play together, and it was just basically Golden Axe. Maybe not as good as the arcade version, but just as good as the Sega version. So well, I
1: remember it had very nice music, PC oh, yeah. speaker music.
0: So yeah, it's one of those games that, I remember. Yeah, no, it, most it was too. all all very cool, but. Yeah, so I guess now is the time to fast forward a few years to, to the. Uh, I are we on the same page? Because
1: I'm building up to Doom. Uh, I, well, yeah, yeah, of course. The Doom is a major multiplayer title. Oh yeah, because Doom changed the... everything, uh,
0: and Doom changed the world, uh, every part of the
1: world, and Doom changed Russia in, in many ways. Yeah, because in Russia. Most computers that were, you know, like officially bought uh, when business started to grow Mm -hmm. in Russia, uh, business needed computers. And uh, the computers were bought uh, from different places, but they were rarely bought officially. Most of business computers, most of computers that were installed in institutes were actually stolen. <laughs> Believe it or not, but this were a huge nationwide crime. Oh, yeah. That, um, there, there was just no other way. So yes, people used to get computers from very strange places. Oh, yeah. And that's why these computers used to have, uh, many data that was, left there from their previous owners. And of course the games. So I don't think that you could buy the computer back then that didn't have Um, Doom.
0: That's right. And yeah, if it didn't, you you, you
1: took care of it very shortly and you
0: know. uh, (laughs) Yeah,
1: I remember I I bought my first six uh, floppies exactly to copy Doom. Of course. Yes and uh, then I didn't even know there was a multiplayer in Doom I was playing it and playing it and playing it again and again and again and once my friend told me that there actually was a multiplayer and I thought wow it's like a virtual reality when you play with friends in a 3D environment and you shoot each other that can't be that, that's that's science fiction but actually it was true and, uh, I think somewhere in 95 or 96, my friends took me to the computer club, to the LAN club. It was a strange place. It was situated in a kindergarten. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, you know, be- oh, because so where weird. else? There are, there were very few. You know, facilities, buildings where you could uh, make something like that. So there were two guys uh, one, one of them were an alcoholic and another one was Jewish so they decided that this is a great pair to start a business <laughs> um, I think that was a logic back then. So uh, they bought like 12 PCs, installed them into kindergarten rooms, something like that. Uh They installed simple LAN and you could play a game there for for money, of course. Of course. And you could play Doom. And my friend told me that there is such thing as a LAN club and he took me there and I like almost shit my pants. (laughs) I saw that you can play Doom. Oh, I man. saw this screen when you are waiting for players right. for players coming in and you play I never knew that my favorite game even had this screen I never saw it and then I saw it and it was fantastic I don't think uh, anything in computer works in, in computer world shocked me this <laughs> this much <laughs> huge, this much ever since that was just a great experience we We played for an hour and I was like literally in virtual reality i I didn't see the world outside the p c It was something that I never experienced before, but I always dreamed I always dreamed about it, and there it was that's and amazing. I played doom how, how that was how, great how much school did you skip? <laughs> oh, it, it's, it's countless. I don't think I can tell exactly because everyone was skipping school. Oh, of course. I, I remember that
0: I, 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 my, 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 I am a child of a single parent. So, um, uh, when my mother left for work and sometimes she would go on trips to Moscow that would last like days. So I wouldn't have anybody home at all that was really a perfect time for me to just <laughs> to just take my money and, and go to like land club and play for like 11 hours I'd, like i couldn't take the all
1: the headache from the from the crt radiation anymore <laughs> that was amazing i actually uh, found out that my friend who told he was sick for two weeks didn't uh, lie at home uh, in a bed he was spending all this time in a LAN club playing Doom and he told his mother that school is closed for some reason, so it was completely legitimate. And finally she found out that he was just skipping school and it was a huge scandal. (laughs) But that's another story. Oh Um,
0: man, I have... Here's an embarrassing story. I don't know if I'm going to leave this in, but because it's kind of... Um, but one time when I was, uh, what happened is I was sick, uh, at one point, I was kind of, you know, I was having, I don't know, maybe the, the, the flu, not really the flu, just a bad cold. And my mother, before she left for work, uh, she called a doctor for me and for, for foreign people who don't have, uh, social medicine, this would be, this would might seem a bit weird, but in Russia, doctors for children actually go to your home, um, but they, they will not tell you when it will be. So it will k- take like six, eight hours. Uh, but they will eventually show up uh, at your house. And, um, so what happened is around eight o'clock in the morning, I, I'm sick. Never mind sick. I, I went to the, to the land club to play, played for about six hours and I was coming home. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I was like, well, if, if the doctor knocks on the door, I'll just be like, uh, I was so sick, I passed out, and I, I couldn't hear the knock, right?
1: Right, But what right. happened
0: is I'm turning the corner, I see the doctor, and you get the same doctor for, like, most of your childhood if they don't know. Yeah, move yeah. So, like, I had the same doctor. I know what she looked like, uh, like this middle-aged, nice middle-aged woman. Uh, and I saw her go inside my apartment building. <laughs> yeah. So, so what happened? And I lived on the seventh floor, like, right? And I'm still sick. And I just spend six hours like staring into like I don't know if I'm lucky a 60 hertz refresh like refresh rate monitor, but probably like 50. So yeah. I have a massive headache, and I see her go in. And, and call the elevator. Uh, like, so, so I just wait for her while she's calling the elevator. I'm like close. I'm like right behind her. She doesn't see me. She goes <laughs> in the elevator. I run. <laughs> I outrun the elevator onto the seventh floor, open my door, lock the door, fucking take my clothes off and dive. Like, like I changed my clothes so I can let the doctor in. Like, I made it just in the nick of time. Uh, Some sick kid, huh? Yeah, I. But I was sick. That's that's a, that's a part of the story. Like I didn't lie. But ne- like back then, nothing could hold you. Never mind if you were sick. I don't care if I were half dead. <laughs> I, I would have still got up and and went to play games. Land clubs were evil, and especially those things in Russia, they lasted forever. Like that's uh, I played all the way up to like Counter Strike. I was in a clan playing playing Counter Strike and Quake Three, and that's when you know you add all the alcohol and cigarettes into the equation. Uh, of course you do. And they were at that point, they weren't in the kindergartens in, in my town. They were like a, a bunch of like, they bought like, like two, three story houses that were like, uh, you know, about to fall apart, like almost literally. <laughs> you know, go in and you would just see like, climb for like a cloud of smoke. Yeah. Uh, and you just, you'd just leave the money and just go to the nearest machine. And they had a like, specific type of smell. Uh, and yeah, I remember those things really, really well. So land clubs were, uh, very popular in Russia. I don't know if they still exist. Um,
1: well, n- n- they did it exist, it all... but
0: like I left Russia in nine, in two oh nine. Uh, I left Russia in two thousand three, right? And they still
1: existed at that point. So yeah, I think that that was the year when they disappeared. Because Pretty much, it's the exact year when uh, all this uh, broadband networking started came breaking. To, yeah, to to, to homes, so everyone had a LAN connection, so you you didn't have to go to some LAN club.
0: You're actually really lucky to find Doom in LAN club because this, my my multiplayer experience with Doom is different, and I always thought that that was the majority of experience because basically what happened is, uh, like we said, in in Russia it was really hard to buy peripherals for your computer for the longest time, so uh, you might not have had, uh, you know, a modem or or, or, or anything. So, w- what happened is Doom, uh, out of the box supported the null modem multiplayer. Right, right. And what happened around that time, you could buy like a, like a, a popular science magazine, right? And the popular science magazine yes. w- would actually have instructions printed how to make your own. You couldn't buy a null modem cable. Uh, and I mean I'm sure there are parts of the country where you could buy and import one but most
1: often people just made them I remember how to make it you just connect the second uh, second pin to third and then third to second and then seven to seven and eight to eight and there you go there you go. It's just an null modem cable. So, cable.
0: so you would. It's so Russian science magazine actually printed a lot. Like some of them printed how to make some some of your PCs. Like I remember, like the, you could build like your own Spectrum clone and one. Uh, I remember seeing it, the null modem cable, and of course how to make a, like a, your own uh, covox. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. So all those things. So uh, yeah, imagine. In, in, this is how badly we wanted to play
1: multiplayer in Doom. We we made our own cables. We Yes, went... but that was much later because, you know, when you're a kid, n- n- nobody nobody had two computers at one home. And if you want to bring your PC to your friend's house, it is prohibited. Oh, of course, no. But no parent will uh, allow that. People
0: did that at work, like basically, like um, where my mother worked. Like the security guys made made no modem cables, and they just played Doom all the time. Uh, I came not to a club. I just came came to my mother's work and just play, 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 play. And you know, people who weren't. Kids, ad- adults did that, you know, like uncle this and father this.
1: Just th- th- you know, if they did play Doom, and a lot of adults played Doom. Yeah, that's right. But in in our land clubs, we fortunately had oh, this games. It was
0: just yeah, it was just kids. Yeah, of course. And
1: yeah. in the beginning, there was, uh, I think, there were. Uh, DOS machines without hard drives they used to boot from some novel network server yes. and now when uh, you play Doom and uh, some guys come in and they want to play like Carmageddon it loads and all network is literally down for a minute uh, when the game is downloaded yes. to the computer I remember of that. one of them and of course, they they get their ass kicked by the guys who play Doom at the same time. I so. do. I remember
0: that actually. Uh, uh, I told half of this story before on on a on a Doom podcast. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. But, I, but I what what that. the half that I didn't tell is what happened. I went to this. Um, I crashed a bunch of uh, teachers like me, so I went to this computer center where I wasn't really. I. I you know, it was for like almost college. Um, level kids, but I was just a, uh, I was just uh, like a regular, I don't know, teenager, but everybody liked me there, I was allowed to like go to classes and shit like that, which was very nice of them, I, I and now in retrospect realize how much that really affected my life, and there's people being nice to a kid, um, because he wanted to learn things, you know. Uh, so important. But, um, yeah, what, what that ha- was great. What happened is I was in one of those classes and it was nobody wanted to do anything. And like, there were a couple of people working on the projects and they have a, of course, like everything. The only like local network that you can have at that time is the Novell network. I mean, one, maybe not the only one, but the only one in, in anybody in the post Soviet space used, right? Uh, so, uh, yeah, so the, uh, we're all playing the teachers playing Doom because I brought Doom shareware and periodically it locks up and we're like, It, it locks and just, it, it just hangs. Yes. And we're like, what the hell is going on? And, and the fourth, on the fourth try, we figured out one of the guys is like, this, this is the asshole. He's copying (laughs) files through the network. So every time it wouldn't just like, it wouldn't just hang up for like, like, so as soon as he started copying the file, it would just lock up, like just throw off Doom synchronization instantly. Uh, and just lock it up uh, it was just like uh, it was such a big thing back then uh, I, I still remember it to this day like so many years have
1: passed uh, but, yeah, but that's, yeah that's great that's mostly everything we had until like in 98 I got my own finally I got my own PC and of course the first thing I wanted to be in it is an hardware modem of course And yes, all my friends, well, not all of them, but most of them uh, for that time bought the PCs with modems. And we were trying to play, finally play Doom using our own home computers. And that was a huge step forward when you're sitting comfortably, when nobody is waiting for you outside the club <laughs> to take your money. <laughs> and you could just relax and play with your own mouse, with your own sensitivity settings and so on. That was great. I, 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 uh, I, I, as until I until you s-
0: encountered the, the, the amazing Soviet phone... phone um, Phone companies. That <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: actually, yeah, the lines were awful. Yeah, they're they they were pathetically it, awful. But actually, actually, we uh, didn't even know that there were uh, such, uh, um, you know, such a screen which says, uh, well, waiting for players and no carrier. Right. Uh, up until like two thousand and two, <laughs> when <laughs> software modems came in, they were cheap but they were shit because when you play them the carrier just is lost like every 5 minutes right. and that that was awful when we had this slow but good hard- hardware modems like 3Com, US Robotics and Zysol mm-hmm. all these modems were great as now I recall and when these cheap modems came they were fast but our lines just refused to work with these modems and still, still, we used to play and it was just great. And, uh, as you mentioned, these land clubs lasted for years. So, uh, sometimes, uh, we still went to those clubs to, to play like, uh, four people at a time because modem is still, uh, player versus player, right. two players at a time. And yes, those, uh, land clubs, uh well they transformed into something more civilized uh and there were new service you could order uh a full night of playing so you, you didn't have to go there during a day work time <laughs> you 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 could buy uh like hours from like 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. for the price of like 4 hours of daytime, right, and spend the night there. And of course, you could bring some alcohol, and of course, uh, and the huge party was oh, yeah. uh, this place, and it was great. But of course, the, the parents were against all this stuff, oh, absolutely. So, yeah, but, but uh, again, that was uh, later when we used to play this. Uh, uh, like this, so it it was quick too already. So oh, yeah. th- that's that's a little bit another story. But still, you know, when these uh, land clubs um, got more civilized, they had um, a great hardware. So I remember when one of those clubs just opened, they had like three D voodoo's inside all these PCs. It was uh, pretty powerful hardware. Not everyone, uh, I mean. Uh, hardly anyone very few people had 3D accelerators uh, such great uh, hardware but still when we came there we wanted to play Duke 3D so we booted to DOS of course there were Windows 95 and Mm -hmm. we wanted to boot to DOS and play Duke like this and we started Duke and we see some high resolution like 640 by 480 I think and we say to uh, the management, "What the hell is this? We want to play Duke's 3D like we used to play it. Only low resolution is acceptable for us." And they say, "Why? We have so powerful PCs." We said, "No, this is <laughs> this is wrong. Duke's 3D is meant to be played in a low resolution." And uh, actually, this was not only a habit. It uh, well resolution affects frames per second so right. if, you, if you play low resolution you have more frames per second you have uh, a bigger chance of winning in such a game so yes we turned all the settings down to minimal and there we go <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was a great way to play uh, you know I even had a friend who um, whose father was um, a head of a distribution company Which sold, uh, PC parts to the, uh, you know, companies who sold computers to the end users. Right, right. So this kid had, uh, an access to, um, all the new stuff. When I first heard that you could place a CD inside a computer and, uh, connect a microphone to it, I simply didn't believe him. Why? Why would you connect a microphone to a computer? (laughs) I didn't even know that there was such thing as a sound card. But actually, yeah, he was the one. uh, He was the first guy I knew who had 3D effects. He had access to these machines, but he was not so great at computers. And once he asked me, "Uh, "Dude, you have a modem? Let's play some Doom." Or, you know, even better. Do you have a 3D FX? Because if you do, we could connect using 3D FXs. It would be much cooler. I said, what? He said, you know, you connect with the greatest stuff in your PC. If you have a 3D FX, we could connect not using modems, but using 3D FXs. It would be very great. <laughs> I said, okay, let's try that one day. So yeah, th- that's what happened. But yeah, I used to go to his place to see what the games should look like and should sound like. I think he was the first guy who showed me how Doom sounds, not with a PC speaker, but with Sound Blaster. And it just blew my mind again. I can't even count how many times Doom blew my mind. <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing, man. Yeah.
0: Those times of, of kind of technological wonders are gone, um, especially, well, uh, well, I mean, especially being from like, uh, I, I think it adds to our amusement now that's because we were from such a, uh, I guess we, we had such a deficit of, of technology for a common man uh, to go from that to a lot of technology eventually being available, I think makes it. You know, makes our memory. uh You know, we, we sort of everybody likes to reminisce uh about those times. Especially people, you know, sort of like our age. Um, yeah, of course, of course, absolutely. Which was not the case for most of the other world. You know, most of the other world, so things just existed and sold in stores and and whatnot. You know, you could just, you know, and actually, like here's here's an example, right? Like for example, this we just told you all this shit that we had to go through just to play Duke Three D with yeah. with more than one more than just two people but you know like in America they had all those other services so, you know you had like s- stuff like 10 or Dwango uh um, Yeah exactly which like it. I I I don't re- even uh, honestly because I've never encountered those services I don't really know how they worked uh that's a bit of a mystery to me as well. And yeah,
1: exactly. And for me too, I always wanted to play Ten because it was advertised at the League. end of Duke 3D or yeah, Shadow yeah. War.
0: You quit and you, you got the Ten splash yeah. screen or maybe even Blood as well. And um and yeah, like I always would like to, but you know, calling uh, calling long distance to another city was expensive enough calling long distance to another country, like your parents would pretty much just like i don't know just have you shot or something yeah yeah
1: it's... it's something like that i think because it was like uh their one month salary yeah. for minute <laughs> pretty like much that. yes
0: it, it, it's true um yeah so there's that like if uh, i guess uh, i really have nothing to say about those kind of server services like if you if you have uh, used them uh, please leave a comment. Find me on Twitter or on YouTube, wherever you can. Just uh, just leave a leave a comment of how well it actually worked and how much did you end up paying and did your parents kill you and uh, <laughs> all all that other good stuff. So I, I would really like to know. I have some sort of idea of how how it was executed because I read the books, but honestly, I, I I have hard time imagining the the management of 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 such network and how it actually. Uh, uh applied in practice but actually i have a question for you have you ever played the original first quake uh dos over over a modem yeah of course yeah, i did remember and, uh, how shitty it was because, yeah, exactly. because there was no huge lag there was no was. interpolation uh between uh, you know now where the quake was sort of a seminal uh thing in that sort of uh respect because the original dos release of quake didn't have any player movement prediction and yet it was yes. a six degree of freedom, uh, 3D game. So there was quite a lot of data being piped. And even though you could, you could get away with playing Doom, uh, through, uh, uh, your average Russian phone line uh, and it would be somewhat fine or fine depending on where you were with Quake, though, you got like, uh, you got mo, just multiple moments where you just everything just stops and you can still use your mouse look. Uh, and you would just stare at like grenades halfway on, on the, you know, w- on the I way to you.
1: I even remember that w- we had these lists of people playing uh, Doom and Quake and Duke 3D uh, which were uh, shared through BBS yes. uh, mostly. Yeah. And there when we wanted to play with somebody we checked the list, uh, the list for the first numbers in their phones to understand uh will their line support uh, multiplayer or will it not because you could uh see uh, by the number if uh, it uh, if the player had uh, good line or bad right
0: right by the by the area uh Or the station, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think the the stations were quite different. Mm -hmm. Some of them were uh, Soviet Mm -hmm. and some of them were built much later with uh, better equipment. So you could play on some of those uh, stations. Yeah. It's Um, funny now. Actually, you
0: brought up BBSs. Now, here's another multiplayer uh, aspect of it. You know, a lot of BBSs all over the world had, uh, uh, I guess, what we now refer to as, as door games. Um, of all kinds. Uh, did you actually
1: play any of those? In, well, in unfortunately, Russia? I had a pretty big uh, experience with BBSs, but never played any games. Any door games? So, I I honestly haven't really either. Uh, like
0: I discovered door games much later. Uh, just out of interest, really. Even though in Russia, uh, BBSs were a huge thing and uh a fidonet was was massive uh it it's kinda weird that really not a lot of games made it at least where, where in my sort of local areas I never really called to b b s uh you know like long distance so i maybe somewhere, but where I was, there weren't really any door games surprisingly
1: yeah. Like this. Um, we used to use BBSs just for this uh, lists of players, well, of you, our uh, local players. Or, or you just download pirated games.
0: Uh, and, and of course, uh, download uh, pirated <laughs> games. And, and some porn in a really... Ancient format. <laughs> like a TIFF file, like an image. That's like a, t- yeah. that's a TIFF file, like, like a bunch of formats that don't even exist
1: anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I even have a story about this. Uh, once, uh, well, of course, we used to gather with friends and have a beer or two. Of course. Uh, and uh, we wanted some entertainment. And when you don't have any internet, Uh, and even if you do it's very expensive so uh, if you connect by modem you have limitations of time so internet was out of the question and we wanted to have some entertainment so Of course, like any other kids We used to prank call people (laughs) We used to prank call people And uh, well We just uh, took a phone Dialed a random number And asked some stupid question Of course Uh, Like, uh, you know, is your TV working? And the person on the other side Says, do you know what time it is? And we say, of course we do It's like 2 in the morning (laughs) So what about your TV? And most people just hang up and when it was my turn to prank call someone i took a phone i dialed a random number and the person on the other side was pretty sleepy but still he asked yeah what <laughs> and i understood that i uh, i didn't think of anything to say to him oh. <laughs> so i i asked the first thing that came on my mind you know what i asked i asked uh do d- you play 3 d, d-, 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 d- and, and you know what he said to me? He Is said it, yes, oh, right? Oh, sh- oh, sure I do. <laughs> you want to play right now? <laughs> I, I, I was shocked and, and said, of course I do, of course I do. Uh, so he said, okay, redial me like in five minutes with your modem. He was still very sleepy and then he <laughs> said, okay, redial. And I understood that I didn't even know what number did I dial because uh, I had a very old phone with no screen right, right. to tell me the number so I asked oh okay can you tell me your (laughs) number again (laughs) oh right and he told me his number and in five minutes we were playing Dick 3D that's awesome I made a friend that's amazing Mike Techno. if you listen to this that was a great night you're a great guy (laughs) so like this
0: that's a great story Uh, (laughs) uh I don't know I really don't have much to add I pretty much shared Kind of all my multiplayer DOS experiences that are specifically related to DOS. uh, There are very few. I mean, technology was kind of limited and a lot of things were developing at the time. So not a lot of games had multiplayer. And, um, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, I do miss those games a lot. Uh, I I do want to say that, like, say, let's take Doom, right? Doom is a perfect game. And I I went on, uh, I, I hope that everybody agrees I was gonna say that, you know, like, multiplayer in Doom is, like, fast and frantic, you know, the, the you run as fast as a rocket. And that was, like, so much fun. Also, not just deathmatch, but cooperative play. Something that's now is, like, largely forgotten. We kind of just concentrate, if it's a first-person shooter, we mostly concentrate on competitive thing. But I will say that, like, Doom not only has some of the best deathmatch just because of its speed and its... uh uh and it's just uh you know whatever uh it's simplicity, I guess, but it also has uh, the cooperative game is is really amazing if you can get like something like like a final doom uh lod and and find four people to play final doom with you on the highest difficulty, not nightmare but on ultra violence uh, course. it's 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 an amazing experience, even to this day this sort of co-op experience in doom is is pretty amazing. Uh, and it's something that we don't really see nowadays at all We see all kinds of deathmatch And now it just it's the speed that changes Everybody looks like just, they just crawl around uh, So yeah, of course Doom is like a step up Where everybody just races like a car But I think cooperative play is even more neglected And something like if, if anybody is who is listening and you, you have, you, you gotta have a copy of Doom somewhere, right? It's even included in something. Like if you bought Doom 3B of G, which you really shouldn't, but if you did, it's included. Like get yourself the, uh, you know, skull tag. Uh, 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 source port, and you can play Doom with a variety of people online. Probably have your ass kicked quite a few times, but <laughs> of course. <laughs> but, but it's it's but still, like it's the if you've never experienced multiplayer in something like Doom, um, then uh, th- then. You you have to somehow find somebody to play with. If you have more than one computer at home, just that's it, and invite a friend over and just just do it. Because Doom is an amazing game in so many ways, including its multiplayer. Its multiplayer changed everything, changed the world, and. It, uh, nobody really repeated that Because we started developing Into a different sort of direction eventually So, but it's fast and frantic And cooperative play is very engrossing And, and fun on the highest difficulty levels Please, please If, you, if you've never, never played it Correct that mistake as soon as possible
1: yeah, I miss cooperative play very much because it was... Uh, I think I played cooperative Doom the most when I rented uh, the land club for a night. It was a great way to spend the night mm-hmm. because, yeah, you you could be Doom in, in, like, five or six hours playing with someone. Of course, you can do it much faster now. now uh, everyone do, knows that. The, the, but the first episode, like, half hour, you're, like, done. <laughs> yeah, of course, but uh, back then... There was no internet. We didn't know all this stuff, all, all this cheats, maybe. So we just used to play with pleasure and honesty, you yeah, know. Yeah. So, and it was great fun. Uh, I think in Quake 2, there was uh, also a cooperative. I guess, but I uh, never
0: played much of uh, Quake, the original Quake multiplayer, just because, you know, over a Russian modem line, it was just like death. So... Yeah, did, exactly. Didn't make much it, it, sense. It's it's It, it was pretty
1: amazing how uh, when uh, first Unreal tournament uh, showed up and you could actually play it uh, with a modem uh, when uh, Quake Three was out of the question. So yeah, th- that was interesting, but that was much later.
0: <laughs> well, this is it. I don't know. Do you have any anything else
1: to add? Because I'm done. <laughs> uh, well. Uh, in this uh, area I think, yeah, that's it I I remember how uh, well, you said that games back then during those times uh, used to work with uh, IPX protocol Mm -hmm. and uh, actually this is interesting because all modern networks were built using TCP IP of course Mm -hmm. and people wanted to play uh, games like Carmageddon to, you know, you, using these networks uh, of uh, first appeared s- uh, service providers. Right. So, uh, yeah, and we simply found out that if you buy a pretty old Ethernet card which had DOS drivers, you could do that. And furthermore, uh, the uh, equipment these switches and routers that providers use could only filter TCP IP traffic, so actually there was a big hole in security. When two, I don't know, college students uh, connect to the service provider and they don't have any money to support this connection, (laughs) they get banned from the internet and, as provider thinks, they are banned from the local area network. Right. But actually, when you turn to IPX instead of TCP IP, all modern equipment can transfer data uh, using IPX, but it can't filter it so two band guys who are not paying for their <laughs> network can play Carmageddon Oh man! I had a case when I was already a service engineer. Uh, I was working in a, a pretty big uh, system integrator, uh, and um, I was uh, hired for a day by uh, one internet provider to solve their problem. They had a problem. People were playing. Those games... Inside their network and not paying them, <laughs> and they were uh, I- inviting me to uh, tell them what to do, and I said, "Oh, just leave it like <laughs> that. You can't do anything <laughs> with your modern f- FreeBSD system. You only can filter TCP/IP <laughs> traffic. You cannot do anything with IPX. So just let it go." Yeah, and that's actually, that, that's what they, they did. They paid. They paid me for the visit, and I just <laughs> left smiling because uh, you can't do anything with that. That's I did not know that. I I, hear that's amazing. That's exactly how it was. And IPX was uh, (laughs) and is a great protocol (laughs) in that case. I I remember how in our local universities there was such a great game called Net Wars. It was an uh, IPX DOS game uh, with, mm, you know, uh, how should I describe this? It is a space. Shooter, right, like first person three d right. shooter with only polygons with no textures, but still that was a great game. It weighted like uh like twelve kilobytes, and it was a great multiplayer game, just great
0: I actually looked it up looked it up now,
1: and it's actually a game by novel well, yeah. no wonder yeah, exactly okay, so yeah it it's a very simple idea, yet it's very entertaining, very entertaining. So, all the Novosibirsk State University used to play this game, and uh, everyone copied it to play at home because it also had a single player. And that is how most of viruses got spread, oh, actually. <laughs> yeah, that was great IPX time when everything worked on it, and
0: yeah. That's pretty amazing. Good times. Uh, I I mean I miss them and I don't miss them in in many different ways, for different reasons. Um, but that was uh, that was it. That's multiplayer right, in those games, mostly in Russia. But I, I hope we touched in, touched on to some other topics. And of course, if you played BBS door games or used Dwango or Ten or any of the other things, and just you know had the different experience playing. Uh, multiplayer in DOS, please uh, leave us a comment. Uh, I always appreciate,
1: you know, other people's stories. So, anything else good, sir? Well, I I have... Maybe I do have another story, but I don't know if it fits. Uh, Actually, uh, one of my first experiences with playing DOS games and multiplayer games was uh, in a little, I think... uh, what was it? It was uh, some storage of a commercial firm which uh, just sold some like Xeroxes and TV sets, everything. Uh-huh. All the electronics. And my dad... It was in 1993 when uh, the Soviet Union just fell and uh, all the people who used to work in institutes lost their jobs so my dad who was a programmer in the Institute of Nuclear Physics he had to take a job of a of a guard at at a storage right. facility so yeah and uh, there was a huge plus in all this because there were some computers and i used to come to his work uh, at nights because he had a night job and i used to play uh SimCity, Dune 2 and Wolfenstein I think that were uh, the first place where I saw these games and there were two 286 computers and we had uh, uh, some connection I'm not sure, I think it was some kind of local area network because the computers were separated Uh they were in different rooms so I don't think it was a Modem cable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And we used to play. Uh, uh, I don't think we could play Doom because the machines were slow. Pre- pretty slow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we used to play some simple multiplayer games. I don't even remember what they were. They were very, very simple. And it was like a um, proof of concept more than mm-hmm. anything else. So, yeah, I used to play these games there. And this place is like a. A, a holy place for me, <laughs> uh, and you know, uh, when this firm got closed and my father uh, stopped working there, I wanted to visit this place, but it was turned into a bar. Oh and man! I was and I was too young to visit bars, so right. I couldn't visit my uh, my holy place. Right. Uh, so time passed. I turned. 18 <laughs> i could go to a bar and the bar closed and nothing appeared there i was so disappointed and uh, it was like 3 years ago when this place again turned into a bar and i came <laughs> in and oh my god everything is like that e- except now there are tables and right. drinking and all this other stuff and i um i sat at a bar and told um uh, bartender to give me something to drink, and he said, Oh, uh, wait a second, I think we have another bottle at the storage. Uh, I will be back soon. Oh, and I man. said, Okay, when you will be going on that car uh, on that corridor, please. Uh, th- there is a huge pipe uh, going on, on near the floor, so please watch your step. <laughs> and he saw, said, What? How do you know? Uh, because, yeah, it is there. And I said, <laughs> Oh. You know, I used to sleep there And he uh, said, what? Oh, that's a long story just give, me my, just give me my drink I was so happy to be there again oh, And it, it was a very great place And now this bar is closed again <laughs> oh. and, and I can't access this facility anymore But mm, I still am very happy that I could revisit it uh, What a great memories And oh, these yeah. memories it's are crazy. hugely connected with DOS games That's a great story. (laughs) Oh, man. This is my experience about DOS multiplayer. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we we covered, I mean, again, uh, not a lot of things going on back
0: then, but uh, uh, that's that. So, well, sir, it was a great pleasure to have you on this podcast. I enjoyed this a lot.
1: Oh, that was my pleasure, also. <laughs> Thanks, for you. Very, very, thank you very much for inviting me. It oh, was not a great to, to tell, to finally tell someone who understands what it was like. <laughs> because most of my friends didn't have that huge experience. Right. Nobody was so psyched about computers and DOS games. And that that's kinda of sad. So I am I am really happy right now.
0: <laughs> that's good. And you know, people will listen and uh, hopefully somebody will share their stories. And speaking of which, if you have any of the listeners, if you have any good stories and good topics you can think of uh that you wanna talk about on this podcast, just let me know. You can find me on, on Twitter, Facebook, internet, uh, I don't know, YouTube, whatever, Google Uh, Or use your favorite uh, search engine of choice to search for DAS Nostalgia And you will find me and you can contact me, suggest a topic And eventually you could end up here talking about it And, uh, uh, well, before we part, where can they find you on the internet, good sir?
1: Well, I don't think that most of <laughs> your listeners w- will understand what am I putting on the internet because it's in Russian.
0: Well, actually, you know what? I got a few, uh, uh, at least, at least a bunch of Russian speaking, uh.
1: Well, uh, the majority the of my work is, uh, on the website, which is 16 bits uh, mm-hmm. uh, 16 minus bits are you? so I guess this is the resource of my work but yeah it is in Russian. <laughs> but you still can uh, search the YouTube for the video for a video that is called uh, uh, Soviet Home Computer BK so this is my only video in English. I hope it is, uh, you know, interesting. It is.
0: I suggest that that you anybody who is listening pause this. Well, just don't pause it. Just listen to the end and just just look for that video. It's it's very interesting. Like I I I watched it like ten times myself. I I I shit you not. So this is it. Well. thanks everybody uh for listening thank you dmitry for being here and uh hopefully uh we'll hear each other again on the next episode of the dust nostalgia podcast
1: Uh, thank you very big thanks to everyone for listening have a great day
2: (laughs) goodbye